Money Roots is made possible by the support of our sponsor, Rooted Planning Group. Are you ready to take control of your financial future? Look no further than Rooted Planning Group, your trusted partner in financial well-being. At www.rootedpg.com, you'll discover a wealth of resources and expertise to help you thrive financially. Rooted Planning Group specializes in personalized financial planning, investment management, and retirement strategies. They understand that every financial journey is unique, and they're here to guide you every step of the way. With a team of experienced advisors, Rooted Planning Group is committed to helping you cultivate a secure and prosperous future. Visit www.rootedpg.com today to learn more about how Rooted Planning Group can help you grow your money roots. Hello, friends. This Wine and Dime Edition is for those that have gone through helping their parents or their grandparents or any loved one with the next phase of life. I'm pleased to have Susan Gruber here today on this interview in her company called Forward Thinking Home Solutions and to talk about aging in place. And I think you're gonna learn a lot about the solutions that are available out there. And we hope that you grab your favorite beverage, preferably a good glass of wine, sit back, sip on this, and enjoy the education that comes out of it. You are listening to Wine and Dime, the podcast that combines two passions, wine and personal finance, with your host, Amy Irvine. Amy is a certified financial planner and owner of Rooted Planning Group and author of Uncork Your Finances. You can learn more about Amy by heading over to the website, www.rootedpg.com. And now onto the show. Take it away, Amy. Welcome to this edition of Wine and Dime with Amy Irvine. Today's guest is Sue Gruber. She owns the company called Forward Thinking Home Solutions. And we're very excited to have her here today talking about the services that she offers, but also a little bit about her own story and how she became who she is today. So welcome to the show. Well, thanks. <laughs> um, so I think I met you, gosh, it was... I think somebody introduced us and said, you really should talk to this woman because I'm always within our financial planning practice. We're always trying to figure out the best resources that we can refer our clients to. And whether the client is a Gen Xer like me in their late forties, unadmittedly and, or early fifties and, or, um, even a baby boomer or beyond, um, you know, a lot of people are starting to struggle with some decisions about caregiving. A lot of my friends, Becky, who works for us, um, she's got grandparents that her parents are trying to manage on both sides. And, you know, the whole decision of when to put somebody in a nursing home or can they remain at home with some care. And it's, I've seen what it's doing to them and sort of some guilt that's associated with it at times and my own personal story with my mother-in-law right now, like she's still okay being on her own, but she's got some memory issues Mm -hmm. and safety is always of concern. So I think that was the reason that somebody said, you really should talk to Sue. 
So I think I emailed you and said, hey, and I looked on the website and I'm like, hey, I not only need to know about this, listeners need to know about this. So um, tell us a little bit about how, you know, your background and, and, and how you decided to start this company. Well, it's a, an, an unusual story. Um, I taught in the Corning Painful School District for 31 years. And I recently retired. That's now five years ago. Seems like yesterday. And I knew that I wasn't ready to just stop working. Mm-hmm. And a friend of mine, I'm a DIYer. I'm a do-it-yourselfer and have redone my home from top to bottom. And uh, the reason be- behind why I did that is actually the reason why I'm heading, I've headed in this uh, direction. So in the middle of my teaching career, I decided I was being called to go into ministry. So I actually uh, earned a master's in theology uh, in the middle of my career. It was around 40. Mm -hmm. Um, And I worked in the Catholic church here in Corning Mm -hmm. for three years as a pastoral minister. And during that time period, I was in the nursing homes a lot. All right. So the thing that surprised me about the nursing homes was that there were people there who were younger than I was at the time I was doing this ministry. So they would have been in their 30s and they were in the nursing facility because they had fallen. They had broken their leg. They had a home where everything was upstairs and they they lived alone. And had no one to care for them 24-7. And I thought to myself, oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. I live alone. I have everything upstairs in my home. Mm-hmm. And I am a klutz because I do stupid things. like carry heavy loads upstairs, you know, without yes. holding on to banisters. We're all guilty of it. Yes. Especially those of us who are independent. Mm-hmm. We try, we push ourselves to our limits and there are times when our limits can hold us in mm-hmm. place, upright, vertical, and we fall and we break things. And it doesn't matter your age. People fall and break things. Mm-hmm. You can be a teenager mm-hmm. and be playing a sport. And the next thing you know, you have a cast on your leg. Mm-hmm. And luckily at that point in your life, you have a mother or a father who can take care of you in your home and you can sleep on a couch and those types of things. But as we get older, we don't have that luxury necessarily. So I decided at that point in my life that I needed to make some major changes to my home. I needed to put a shower on the first floor and I needed to get a bedroom on the first floor. The entryway wasn't too bad. My entryway is um, there are two steps that are shallow in their rise and deep in their tread. Mm -hmm. So it's very easy. If anyone has a walker, my dad can easily enter my home with he's 95 with his walker. Oh, so you have some longevity. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. We need to plan for these things, whether we have it or not, we need to plan for longevity. Uh And so I, the entryway wasn't the issue. It was the rest of the living space, everything being upstairs, because when you're, 
if you're sick or if you've broken a bone, you still want to be clean and you still want to be able to manage those things by yourself. You want to maintain as much dignity as you can, no matter what age you are. So I started making those changes back then. And when I was making the decision to retire from teaching in the school district, a friend of mine who happened to work for the office for the aging said to me when she saw my home, oh my gosh, she said, universal design is here everywhere. And I had no idea what she was talking about because universal design is intuitive. You intuitively choose things that are more convenient Mm -hmm. and easier for you. Mm -hmm. Like um, I'm sure you might have this, had this situation where you have a kitchen cabinet on the bottom Mm -hmm. where you have to, it's in the corner Mm -hmm. and you have to get on your hands and knees to crawl into the back of the cabinet to get that pan you use once a year. Mm -hmm. Um, I decided when I redid my kitchen, I would not have that happen. I went to drawers and I didn't even think, Oh, this is some kind of design, you know, that, Mm -hmm people must know about. It was just intuitively the drawers made better sense. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be called. So um, when she said this, uh, this friend who worked for the office for the aging, she said, when you retire, please consider being a certified aging in place specialist because we have very few in the county and we need them desperately. So that is what happened. I started to pursue it. I went into, um, I researched it and it's right up my alley because I am a DIYer and I am good with a sledgehammer and a sawzall and I can build and I have my little shop, my wood shop. And so it really was a natural transition for me because I had um, done a lot of hands-on work before I even Mm-hmm. considered going this route. Since girls aren't good at stuff like that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, a lot of it has to do with uh, our tolerance for risk taking. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're if we're risk takers, typically you could do just about anything mm-hmm. if you're willing to take the risk and have a backup plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well I mean I think we all if you're the type of person that says, I might not do it right the first time, but by the 10th, I'll have it figured out. Yeah. You know, yeah. it doesn't have to be perfect. And this coming from a person who probably is not the best person to say it only because I do strive a bit at times for, I call it analysis paralysis because I'll analyze something into not doing it at all. Yes. Right. And because I want it to be perfect, but I'm, you know, but I do, I do think that, you know, when you think about, well, no, what's the worst that's going to happen if this, is, is it, if this isn't perfect the first time? And, and I'm not talking about big things, but I'm talking about, you right. know, like what, what you're saying is right. that if I can start with the little things and getting to know, like, how a sawzall works or how right. a sledgehammer works or how I'm going right. to work it, um, yeah, you know, eventually you figure it out, right? Yeah, you do. You do. <laughs> and little by little, you know. Um, and, and so that, that's... How it all happened. I went for training, so I'm trained nationally through the National Association of Home Builders, and I'm now one of their instructors, their approved instructors. So I teach those courses here locally three times a year to contractors, health professionals, and they come from all over Canada, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, Delaware. And we've had some people locally go through those classes, some local contractors and occupational therapists mm-hmm. who have gone through. And um, have gotten a designation as certified aging in place specialists. 
So to get that, because obviously as a teacher, mm-hmm. I mean, you taught, you said for 40 years? 31 years. 31 years. I'm Don't sorry. age me too. <laughs> sorry, sorry. That's right, because you said you were better. Well, I'm still <laughs> teaching, so maybe it's right. 40 years. <laughs> so what did you teach? Oh, interestingly enough, French and math. Okay. So it's so connected to everything. Well, math is. So absolutely. absolutely. Yes. <laughs> so I believe that the center of the universe is math. Yeah, 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 yeah there you go. Everything starts from there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you taught math in French, and then you retired and said, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and so you're taking that teaching skill, and now you're bringing yes. it into a new career Yes. Um, as a certified aging in place specialist. Tell us what you do on the individual level as well, because okay. obviously, you know, if I'm, if I'm somebody who I'm, I'm a daughter and I want to yes. make sure mom and dad can stay in their home for as long as possible. I mean, nobody woke up, no, none of my clients or none of my parents have said, I think someday I want to be in a nursing home, right? right? It's right. not the ideal arrangement. Everybody would like to age gracefully mm-hmm. at home mm-hmm. as long as they possibly can. Mm-hmm. So you've done this with your house. Right. You've made your house an environment that you can stay there for as long as it's safe for you to stay there. Right. So if I contacted you and I said, you know, I've mom and dad live and, and actually my mom and dad do have their bedroom on the second floor. Um, they probably could easily convert one of the rooms downstairs mm-hmm. into a bedroom. But walk through what you would do when I contact you. I get a lot of calls from adult children of aging seniors. Um, and interestingly enough, single women who live on their own. Mm-hmm. Because they want to have things in place. They want their home as safe as possible. Mm-hmm. And they're independent women. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and there have been some independent men as well. But it's interesting, that the demographics. So typically, uh, what I offer is a home safety evaluation. I go to a person's home. Um, I always make sure that the parent is open to this there's nothing worse than walking into a home and it's their home it's their domain and um, I'm very respectful of that because it's it's part of them it's an extension of themselves so I understand because it's the same for me I don't want someone coming in and criticizing my me by by criticizing my home that's not my purpose my purpose is to come in and walk through the home and find things that could be hazards especially for tripping hazards. Um, If the person has a degenerative disease, a progressive disease, um, I look at things not just for where they are now, but where they might possibly be. Mm -hmm. Um, When I planned my home, I said, okay, if I am ever in a wheelchair, I want to make sure I can navigate around this house on my own because I want to be as independent and live with as much dignity for as long as possible, stubborn-willed as I am, okay? And, and that really is not a bad thing to do. And it's, not, and it's easier to do when you're not in the wheelchair or using the wheelchair because it's, you have a different mindset when you're a little less, um, when you have less issues. So I, I, I 
do encourage people to start early. So not only the the person who is a senior, but the adult children should be looking at their homes as well, making it more visible. And that's a word that um, is really important, that people can get in your home, be comfortable enough to visit for a few hours and have an accessible bathroom mm-hmm. for them so that they they don't feel embarrassed if they have to go to the bathroom, yeah, right? Great. And don't need help getting in the home or using your, you know, the facilities. So those are all things to think about. So I look at that when I go into a home and if they are thinking about um, possibly converting showers, uh, like tubs mm-hmm. to showers, mm-hmm. I have um, specific suggestions for them to look for. Now, when I make suggestions, I write up a full report. And it sometimes can be eight pages, 10 pages long. It's extensive because I look at everything from the curb through the entire house. It's not only inside the home. We want people to be able to get in and out of their home. What about the mail? How do they get their mail? Uh, Things that you don't think about um, until you have to think about them. So it's extensive. And I um, type it all up and I can send it electronically or hard copy. I send both usually. And people are under no obligation whatsoever to follow my suggestions. (laughs) Everyone can do whatever they please. Mm -hmm. They can take it. They can just put it in the trash if they want. But they can pick and choose things that is the things that are comfortable for them to take care of. Mm -hmm. And we don't we're never going to live in a perfect environment. So my suggestion is always try to take care of the things that are the critical things that would cause an issue for falling right away Mm -hmm. and then whittle away at the other things. You know, um, a lot of the suggestions I make are really simple. They have simple solutions and very inexpensive solutions. It could be as easy as using a piece of quarter round at um, an entry threshold to just make that edge not be so severe and give it a bevel so that the person can roll their walk over it. Mm-hmm. And we're talking, maybe it might be $2 and 50 cents mm-hmm. for a length of quarter round. You know, it, it, we're not talking about necessarily expensive fixes, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think uh, one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about this is if I had known this information before I had paid a lot of money to take care of these things in my home, I would have saved money in the long mm-hmm. run because it is expensive to make major renovations in a crisis situation. Oh, it's a fire sale, right? Oh, it's a fire sale. So, so you've got 15 things that you got to take care of and you've got to have it done by Monday. Yes. Yeah. It's a fire sale. And try to find a contractor who's not busy. We don't have enough people in the trades. We don't have the contractors out there who have an open schedule and say, yes, I'll come tomorrow. You know, it doesn't happen. So I really suggest that people do this much earlier than when they need it. You know, uh, but a lot of us are in denial. Well, I guess let's talk about that just a little bit, because I would agree that a lot of, you know, aging. So, you know, I get I get I get to talk about disability and death and aging, all wonderful things that people really want to sit down and talk about. And when I bring these topic topics up, you know, I'm doing it from when I'm working with a client, I'm not emotionally attached. 
I'm emotionally attached to the client, but I'm not emotionally attached to the situation. And I'm asking them those questions and they're like, yeah, we need to get around it. We need to get around it. And I'll have the conversation with them about, well, it'd be best if you could get around to it when you can make the decisions you know, now, right. like with a clear head, yes. with a clear sense of, you know, I'm in control because you don't want to do it when you're not in control. Right. There's nothing that makes you feel less empowered is if somebody's telling you you've got to do it. Right. Exactly. And for those of us that are that stubborn little inner child, yes. we will dig our heels in and say, even though we know it's for our safety at that point in time, we're not doing it because people told us to do it. Right. Yes. right. Exactly. <laughs> So when you encounter that kind of situation where an adult child has, you know, come to you and said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm really doing this both either for myself or for my parents at the same time, but parents are resistant. Um, you, your personality is so genuine and, and you're so, um, it's just, there's a sense of warmness about you. Oh, thank you. So when you sit down, do you find that they're more open to you than they are to a child. <laughs> uh, I can tell you, being a child of a 95-year-old, that his neighbor has more clout than I do, even though I am in this field. So I understand the position of the adult child completely, but I also understand the position of the senior because it is their life, and they should have the final say. But unfortunately... They need to feel as if they are making the decision. And when they're talking to an outsider, they are more likely to listen. And I tend to play the role of the person who's in between Mm -hmm. because I do truly understand the need to maintain control and dignity when life is spiraling out of control. Mm -hmm. Um, I understand that that is what's going on. so I think I, I think that when I'm sitting down with the person and their adult child, I do defer to the person more than the adult child because the person really has to be the one who wants to make the change. Mm-hmm. And I ask them to give me, tell me what bothers you in this house. Tell me where you feel anxious what, where are the, you know, and I follow them through the house so that I can see also where they might be holding on to a door frame and things so that I can make suggestions for that. So you're not just looking, you're looking for the, uh, the nonverbal as well as the verbal, but it doesn't mean that I'm not listening also to that adult child because I can see them sometimes nodding in the background saying, oh yes, she needs that, you know, but I, out of courtesy to the senior, you know, I really defer to the senior. Which I think is good. I mean, I personally think that's great because it, it does give them that sense of control of, um, you know, they're listening to me. I mean, you know, as a busy working woman, and, and I'm sure when you were when you were going through the classes and working at the same time, you you find yourself, or at least I did, found myself, sometimes find myself getting impatient, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's not, I try really hard, but I, I, I recognize it sometimes. I'm like, come on, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> I'm looking at my watch thinking I got this list of things. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't, as soon as I recognize that I'm doing it, then I'm like, 
knock it off. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. you're going to be there someday too. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. you don't want somebody pushing you through. But I think we tend, is it, is it sandwich generation or whatever you want to call us? We do tend to have that pull in a lot of different directions. Right. And so we're, t- we're telling our parents what to do sometimes because we love them and we see that it needs to get done. But when the child becomes the parent and the parent becomes the child, it doesn't always go over real well. It's not pretty. It's not pretty. And it's really, it's hard for the parent and it's hard for the child because, you know, they're just trying to take care of mom and dad and mom and dad are saying, I don't want to help you. So having somebody else come in and be compassionate and, um, slow the pace down, you know, listen to what they're saying, observant to how they're behaving. When I'm, I, I just, as you were talking about that, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I don't even watch and see like, she, you know, does my mother-in-law hold on to anything when she walks from room to room? I'm, I've never even noticed that. And I'm kind of embarrassed about it, but, um, but I think it's, in, you know, that's, that's a big, that's a big thing. Like, is she shuffling in a certain part of the right. house? I, is the certain flooring tripping her up? Because carpets actually are worse. Okay. Flush carpets are worse than hard flooring because people say, well, if you fall, you're, you don't get <laughs> as hurt. Well, but it causes you to fall. So it, it's that catch 22. So there, there are things that people tend to think they know what makes a home safe and they will not see the things that they see every day. A, a separate set of eyes coming in, a different set of eyes makes people will say to me, I never saw that. I've lived here for 30 years and I never saw that. Well, it's just because I'm seeing it from a different perspective yeah. and different perspectives are good. So when you went through the training, cause I am sitting here thinking, Oh my gosh, now I'm going to look at everything so differently. Yeah. But when you went through the training, how, how long did it take you? Some people, I think it comes intuitively, mm-hmm. you know, but how long did it take you to go through that training and, and, you know, really get a grasp on the things that you should be looking for? Well, I, I think, like I said before, a lot of it's intuitive. Mm-hmm. And once you're aware of what you should be looking for, mm-hmm. you see it. Like I can walk into almost any space and especially hotel bathrooms, worst place ever. For people for design they put the grab bars in the craziest places where they're <laughs> useless just so they have a grab bar that things like that I'm like attuned to it now wherever I go it doesn't it takes a, a lot less time it's almost like playing where's Waldo <laughs> all right you're trying to find the things that are the issues so it's kind of like those search and highlights mm-hmm. magazines when we were little kids and so it's almost a game of sorts it can actually be fun Except the fact that you know you're you're you know that this is a person who needs to be safe, but it's it's something I like doing. I well, enjoy doing it. I think when we do things repetitively, just in general, right? When you do things like right. thinking of like math or French or whatever, right. you know, when you do things repetitively, it's it just becomes intuitive. Yes, like, you know, yes. you get out of bed and you brush your you know you brush your teeth. I mean, if you if that's your pattern, right. if something stops you from brushing your teeth, your whole day is off. That's right. <laughs> exactly. So it, the more repetitive you are about something natural it becomes but but having that having that skill set and going into people's house and doing it time and time and time and time and time again um, 
again, that's that's not something like I could say, oh, today I'm going to go into my mother-in-law's house and right. watch everything. I'm still not going to catch it, even if I'm watching her like, oh, right. because it's right. to, to me, that's normal. Right. And before we started recording, uh, you and I were talking about the word normal. And I want to dive into that just a little bit because it's a word that I totally dislike. Yes. I've never, it wasn't until probably about maybe two years ago, maybe it was three now, but somebody made the comment about, they made a comment to somebody that I knew, we were at a funeral and they said, well, I hope life can get back to normal. And I thought, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? She just lost her husband. Life will never be normal. You know, what's normal? And I got I started to think about all the ways that we use the word normal. Mm-hmm. And now it's one of those words that I really dislike being somebody who loves math. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think the law of normal is the average of all the abnormal, right? right? right. So there's no actual normal. And for those, you know, using air quotes, as I say that, um, so we were talking about that that word and how I didn't express my dislike because I thought, well, I'm bringing that up. <laughs> um, but you also said nobody's actually normal. Well, well, there's probably somebody who fits into the category, but very few of us are. Uh, when, we, when we built conversation started with an article that I read mm-hmm. on LinkedIn, and it had to do with how. Uh, the question was, why are we building homes that we can only comfortably use for about 20% of our lives because they are built for the normal person, mm-hmm. like an average person? Why aren't we building homes that are comfortable for the extreme so that everybody is comfortable in, and the normal mm-hmm. person is super comfortable <laughs> because everything is so easy for them. And, and I thought, wow, that, that's a very interesting way to look at things. If only about 20% of our lives, we are at our peak. Why are we building homes that only fit for that 20% of the time? And the rest of the time, we have to accommodate our physical movements and our daily activities around our home as opposed to our home making those activities easier for us. And that's where a universal design home is still aesthetically beautiful, mm-hmm. but everything is easier and more convenient mm-hmm. and, uh, and more safe. Yeah, so, which is the big part of, I, I think that's one of the big areas that, uh, you know, we talk to a lot of people about when they're saying emotionally, I know I need to do this. Right. right. I, I know it. I know I need to help mom and dad. I know I need to help my spouse. I know I need to help my aunt and uncle. Emotionally, I know I need to do that. But I'm really struggling with it also because, you know, I'm asking them to make big changes in their lives. Right. <clears throat> when we talk to people about that, I can give them the numbers all day. Oh, there are so know? many statistics out there. I, yeah, yeah. I can give them any number that they want to know about. But the emotional side is really where the struggle mm-hmm. is. And when you're when you go into some, somebody's house that they've lived there for 50 years right. and um, you're asking them to make changes at that point in time, um, you were saying the smaller the changes, 
the better. But the sooner we do it, the better. Right. And I try to look for places of compromise. So um, ideally, they should be doing X. They only want to do Z. We compromise sometimes at Y. Mm-hmm. But I still list the X and the Z and the Y <laughs> all in the report so that people can see the progress of what we've gone through. Um, the emotional piece of caregiving is something that is never going to go away because we love. Mm-hmm. And when we love, our hearts are involved. And we can't eliminate that heartache. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, it's a grieving process. Uh, the person who is the senior is grieving the loss of everything that they've ever been able to do in their lives. And we're grieving the loss of our parent being our parent independent, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, it's su- such a terrible process. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be good, mm-hmm. you know, but, but we beat ourselves up. We question everything we do. We wonder, am I doing enough? Am I, am I doing too much? What, where's the, it, I don't know that we're ever going to find each person and each relationship has to find the right balance. Um, I, I will give a plug for the offices for the aging locally in each county. They offer caregiver um, uh, sessions that help caregivers. They're um, empowering caregivers. There's something about that. And it's, it gets the caregiver away from their situation. And there are places that can give respite for those people who have to have somebody there with the person all the time. Um, and they, the offices for the aging in each county are incredible resources at your fingertips. You call them and they can give you anything you need and direction and um, an instruction where you can understand that it's normal what you're going through, mm-hmm. your feelings and the guilt you feel. Just about everybody feels that, mm-hmm. but we don't need to feel that. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, you're doing the best you can, yeah. but but it's an empowering course. And I think Stephen County is offering some soon. Um, Shimon County offers it. Skyler offers it. Right. Yeah. Right. That's, that's a great resource to put out there. And yes. when you mentioned the respite, I'm going to give a little plug from uh, one of my favorite charitable organizations, Life in Action, because yes. Yes. they do a great program yes. for patients of all Yes, it's a you know an opportunity for um, those individuals to go to a fun event um, where they do all sorts of you know different different activities, and the caregiver can spend an hour to go get their hair done or do some grocery yes. shopping and yes. just give them a break, is what that's called. And I'll I'll put put some notes in the, um, in the show notes about that. But just full disclosure, everybody probably that's listened to this podcast knows that I'm on that board, and I. I'm very, very passionate about the work that Faith in Action yes. does, um, not only from the respite side, but also to help um, those adults that might not be able to get their mom or dad to a doctor's appointment right. or hair appointment occasionally as well. So it's it's yeah. also another resource that you can go to to keep, um, keep your parents at home. But back to um, really what, you, you know, what, what would people do if they wanted to contact you? I know you have a website. I have a website. Yep. It's www.forwardthinkinghomesolutions.com. <laughs> so we'll put that so in the show creative, notes. So creative. <laughs> so creative. 
Um, I also have a cell phone and I do take text messages. On the website, you can contact me through the website as Great. well. Um, there's an email there. Um, I get back to people pretty yeah. quickly. Um, sometimes I'm out of town with my own dad, so <laughs> I, I might be delayed a little, you know, but I, I do what I can to get people into my schedule as quickly as possible. And um, not to get into the actual cost itself, but there's a fee that um, people can pay for you to come in and do this. And then you provide them with the report. And then the next step is for them to follow through with that report. Do you have good um, resources that you can point them to in some respects? I can't um, recommend many contractors locally, but I can give names of contractors who are HAPS certified, which are certified Perfect. aging and place specialists mm-hmm. who have gone through the training. So mm-hmm. they know the information. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, we have at least three locally who are right. um, contractors who have been trained. And um, I can also give some other information. Some people are looking for information like faith in action. Mm-hmm. So I give them that information. So I, I I try to keep on top of what resources are out there because sometimes people have needs beyond what I offer them and I can at least send them in the right direction. Right. So like, for example, you know, you're not, you don't get into the medical side of things. Right. No, I have right. no business being in the medical <laughs> side. I mean, I have no, no. But, but you can yes. give direction. Yes. Where people can get involved. Yes. Yes. In fact, the, the first time that you came in for us to chat, just sort of a warm up meeting, you have left a bunch of booklets, yes. which people have grabbed. Okay. They have yeah. really gravitated to that. We left it out in the lobby. And I've had several people ask if they can take it to a friend or, right. you know, that sort of right. thing. So there's there's a whole booklet um, of resources that are available. And you had an ad in there, I think, uh, as well, or as a resource and listed as a resource in there. Right. Um, but I, I think that, you know, just knowing, like if you go into a home and you see that somebody is really at risk, you can tell, because I think as children, we don't want to admit it sometimes too. Right. And so, you know, going into their home and seeing that they're at the point that we might need to seek some additional right. services, um, you know, you're, you're being paid to notice things mm-hmm. and, you know, that, that's a good, again, second set of eyes um, from a family perspective um, when you've got one sibling saying one thing and another sibling saying another thing. Sometimes having that second set of eyes solidifies or brings a solution to middle ground right. without anybody accusing anybody of anything. Right. And it's like, right. I didn't set it up. You know, right. This right. is just a second set of eyes and Here's some ideas that you might want to knock along with that. And, and we do see that, you know, where one sibling says, oh, mom's fine or dad's fine. And the other's like, no, they're not. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> There's an issue here and yeah. you might want to, you know, not see it. But it, again, it goes back to that whole emotional aspect of things. So we all grieve differently. Absolutely. I, my mother's going to, you know, she's going to be strong to the end. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm pretty convinced of that, mm-hmm. but the reality of it is that uh, most of us aren't that fortunate, <laughs> right? We don't know mm-hmm. what cards are laid out. Yeah. You know, we don't know the planet. And uh, the best thing to do is prepare early so that we can make sure that things are in place before a crisis hits. Mm-hmm. 
Um, an example would be I had to have back surgery a couple of years ago. And because I changed my house, I went home and had no issues. Mm -hmm. I had a friend who had the same surgery at the same time. She spent three weeks in a nursing facility because everything was upstairs. Mm -hmm. And um, whose recovery was quicker? Uh, <laughs> the person who's home typically <laughs> recovers a little faster because emotionally they're more comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, and and that's, I think, why people want to age in place is because it's where their comfort level is. Mm -hmm. Um, some people don't. And I'm not saying that nursing facilities don't have their place because mm -hmm. they do have their place. Mm -hmm. But um, for the people who can be at home, uh, we'd like to them to stay home. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I am so thankful that you took time out of your busy schedule to come and chat with us and share all of this knowledge with us. We will definitely post your information out on our, our um, resource tab on our website, as well as in the show notes for this podcast. And I'm going to try to find that LinkedIn article too, because I think that's really a great, another resource right, to read. Right. Um, but if people want to get a hold of you, we'll put your website and your phone number out there. And, um, you know, certainly if there's anything that people have questions on, they can give you a shout and certainly. have that conversation. Thank you so much yeah, for sharing well, your knowledge today. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I appreciate you having me. And that will about do it for today's episode of Wine and Dime. You can contact Amy through the website, www.rootedpg.com or amy at rootedpg.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at rootedpg for the latest news. And if you have any questions, comments, or topics you would like to hear about, feel free to let us know. And don't forget to rate and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next time.